spidey senses tingling. They call him the podcast hove. He may uh, retire just to come right back. He's slim. He's the host of the Paper Cake Podcast. This is episode 100. Really big show. Joe the Barbarian. You heard that guy? More importantly, our dearest friend. Tonight, with Sean Murphy, Flex Mentallo returns tonight in our book club, Grant Morrison. Paperkeg.com. You know, we talk about industry news, the books we're reading, and we'll do Grant Morrison's book club, Joe the Barbarian, tonight. Um, but you want to hear, you know, who are the hosts of the show, in reality. One of them looks like a human vampire brought back from the dead. He's a writer. He's got some kind of oily residue in that hair of his that I can see. It looks highly flammable. Hopefully there's no open flames. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me and just for being a part of my life in general. <laughs> uh, my pleasure, Jonesy. I don't know how to respond <laughs> It always to is. Uh, VP of Merch. He is a father of two. One of them, he threw down the stairs that to take to the doctor today. Just an awful story. Hashtag uh, Twitter sensation. Just crossed 400 followers. What are you up to right now? Can we get a live update? I am... Uh, right now, I am easily trolled people. All right? Don't... Just please. Just leave me alone. I'm too sensitive right now. I threw Dale off his game so hard before the show. Maybe we'll get into it in the fireside. Uh, welcome to the show, Dale. Pleasure. Thanks for having uh, me back for another sensational episode of Paper Keg 122. Grant Morrison, we find our way back to you again. Why do I have no other thoughts in my head? <laughs> we'll get into it. Right, Eight issues of Grant Morrison... Diabetes, Sean Murphy, uh, we'll get into it. Fantasyland. That's our book club. Yeah. It what is. a show. It is. Uh, I'm just excited to be here. Can I be honest with you guys right now? Please, please be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would love to hear your excitement. I just love you guys. Oh, here it is. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, what's happening in the world of news right now, Dale underscore newsman? Well, as you will, uh, as you know, last week's episode featured faux New York Comic Con news because Newsflash, it was recorded before it had even happened. I wanted to first check in with co-host Slim. He was there. He was our man on the streets. Uh, press badge probably touting paper keg everywhere he went yep 
And absolutely uh, true. And uh, I had a little I, press hat. I had a I had one of those hat with like the press pieces of paper in them with the fedoras. Mm-hmm. Is that what we call those? Yeah. You probably I was uh, there. Got it. Had our little logo on there. I was handing out stickers <sighs> when I wasn't at work. I was, you know, I was beating the paper keg drum. Good. Thank you. Dry. Thank you for that. Yeah. Sure. Um, I wanted to just see if uh, what your thoughts were personal from the con. I mean, there's a ton of news out there, and some of it uh, I'm excited about. I just started looking into the news, believe it or not, today. There's a lot out there. A lot of Avengers books. <laughs> ton. Um, S-ton. I do it. want to announce that I'm now writing an Avengers book <laughs> for Marvel Comics. Yep. Me and Nick Spencer were co-writing with Hickman on title cards. You got the chops, though. You do. <laughs> I um, I actually didn't experience a whole lot of the con. I was working the old booth mm-hmm. at the con. I bought a, a shirt for my wife, a Walking Dead shirt. Nice. That's nice. Breaking news. Um, it's too small. We had some signings at the booth, which was pretty cool. I work for Disclaimer, I work for Comixology. Um, Joshua Hale Fialkov. And Joe Infernari were signing at our booth, which was kind of cool. I got to meet a dear friend, finally. We met as one Greg Rucka. Stop. What? And Stop Michael it. Lark. It happened. So, did you and Rucka, like, have lunch the next day? And We just, we yeah, we dined the night away. We danced. We laughed. We pranced. Did you, I mean, be honest. Did you, like, did you bring up Punisher... Did you bring up Rucka style? I wanted, I there was no perfect moment to do it, yeah. and I wanted to the whole night. You were probably but like busy. I was trying to like finagle the lines and stand next to him, and make sure like everything was going okay. And there was no moment where like, yeah, hey, yeah, uh, yeah, Greg, hold on a minute before you sign that. Uh, me and my buddies did this podcast, and it was great. So what you're saying is you didn't want it enough. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, he actually only was able to stay for a half hour, and then Michael Lark stayed for the rest of the time, and I actually was able to chat him up for a while about Lazarus. It was pretty awesome, I guess, because I wanted to compliment him on Image doing the trade version of the book like a week after the fourth issue came out. And I was like, man, that's a great idea. What, you know, what brought that on? How come Image did that? I wish, more, I wish they did that for every mm-hmm. book. And he was like, oh, it was actually because that issue was late. And it wasn't really supposed to come out a week after no issue four. I thought and that I was, was like, a brilliant hey. move. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kind of was bummed out that it wasn't, you know, planned. Yeah. Um, and I asked him, I was like, well, you know, what, what, when a book, when issues like, what kind of causes that? Like, what's that process like? Was it, you know, printing error? And he's like, ah, it was all me. <laughs> and he kind of like delved into the drawing, his drawing process how he like does a full issue. He does like a week of you know prep work and research. And like maybe like oh another week of you know thumbnails or initial sketching, and then essentially it's all like comes down to the last week where everything comes together, and he just didn't get it mm. done on time, which was really cool. You know we were just like bullcrap for forty minutes. Essentially, it was pretty awesome. That's nice. I didn't really meet at the. They weren't signing at our booth. I kind of didn't meet a lot of people. I was texting you that you know, working in the 15, 10 minutes away from the con mentally set a different tone where I didn't really want to go out a whole lot. Yeah. I didn't want to like poke around because I knew that I could still kind of go home at any time when I wasn't working. 
So mentally, I was like, I should probably go home and see my family. And that's pretty much what happened a lot of the time. Yeah, it was probably just a different mindset. It just wasn't as um, freewheeling, free reign, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I there wasn't, was no you know, tossing of wedding rings into the streets in New York. I wasn't sure. just whipping out my, my belt and swinging it above the air, you know, dancing on tables like I usually do. Yeah, Magic Mike style. Well, we're, we're getting older, bud, you know. <laughs> one, one foot in the grave, 30 years old. That's it. I should just retire now to some farm. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything exciting that happened. I uh, I didn't even make it into Artist Alley, which is kind of a bummer. Oh, I didn't even bummer. make it in there. Well, that was so far away, right? It was. I will say that it wasn't as madness as it was last year, like where I thought I was going to die every time I left the building or tried to enter the building. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that bad. They like, they did some weird thing with the pe- things where you had to like scan in your, your pass at the entrance and the exit so you couldn't just like share a pass and someone could do whatever they wanted with it. Oh. Yeah, I was, uh, I was reading up on that, and that's um, because uh, apparently years past, counterfeiting was a huge issue. Like super mm-hmm. huge with just you might if you got a pass you might just get like a little holographic sticker and yeah. with you know bare minimum security they're not looking for this holographic sticker or whatever so every badge had an RFID and you to even get on the perimeter of the property you had to scan in that way it kind of freed up that one escalator to the to the mm-hmm. main hall and uh, that was that was cool to hear that they were they they made those moves and it was so successful. There were as yeah. many attendees this year as San Diego Comic-Con. 130,000 wow. people, which is pretty amazing. And Reed, Reed Pop, who puts on the show, did, um, did a couple things where they limited, they shrunk the number of three-day badges available um, so, oh, nice. and sold more one-day badges so different people could get exposure to the con each day and not as many of the three-day passes. You know, so, that's, hmm. so it's like... Different people got in and out to see the show each day. The people that really wanted to go three day got the chance. Yeah, and then the rest was a more general public way of getting people in. That's a brilliant idea, yeah. really strategy. I will say that the preview night isn't as previewish as it once was. Like because they sold Thursday passes, whereas previously you could only get to the preview night if you bought you know an all day pass. Mm-hmm. They had, there was like people that were just. It was way busier than a preview night usually is, where it just felt mm. like another day. Oh, okay. Like, there was just tons of people everywhere. It's not, like, as low-key as, uh, like, a preview night kind of signifies. It was still pretty busy. I mean, that's probably it's probably just the way it's heading. If it's as big as... If there's m- as many attendees as San Diego Comic-Con, they said there was, you know, there's more, like, star power and and uh you know the hollywood because you're there in hollywood and the entertainment industry there's more of those types in in uh california but you see sly sloan signing autographs for four hundred dollars what what our boy sly photos four hundred dollars probably it's the finances next prison break movie with uh oh arnold God. with arnold did you see previews for that movie what do you think of that movie they're the both vampire. way too old to be Dracula. Doing. <laughs> what did I think? I mean, there's literally a spotlight above your head that <laughs> I, I want to. I want the camera to pull back for a second so I can see what apparatus is keeping you alive right now. <laughs> it's like Dynamo. Speaking of arms, I actually have a different track for the beep 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 with a heart monitor. <laughs> I just <laughs> blade it down. Horrifying. My word. I did see that. Um, Nathan Edmondson and. 
Mitch Gerards are doing a new Punisher book, which the, mm-hmm. his preview cover looked pretty cool. He's going to be, he's out in LA now, Punisher. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, we saw what happened when he went to Florida for that movie, <laughs> that dopey movie. Oh, I thought you liked the movie. At the trailer time. was great. The trailer was fantastic. I kind of like the movie. But otherwise, Rebecca like, Romaine as character. She was pretty <laughs> that good. That was an odd name for her in that movie, character. Rebecca what about, character. What about the uh, the cosplayer of Cole Alves that came? Oh my! Holy Amazing. smokes! That was probably the I best got, costume I've seen in pictures. I got I got some good pictures. They had, the, both of them actually chatted for like fifteen minutes. It was pretty awesome. Like they were just chatting about the book and Cole Alves, and he he like his eyes lit up seeing her come to the come to the signing so completely it was amazing. pretty awesome to witness that plus Craig Rucka wears this little earring that I guess I didn't expect who what, like doesn't Harrison Ford wear an earring too yeah <laughs> yeah he does he's the Harrison Ford of comics Craig Rucka oh man I just swooned over here <laughs> <laughs> oh boy any other uh, news well, out of uh, New York Comic Con? Well, uh, news in general. I'm not sure if it was announced at New York Comic Con, but uh, previews, the monthly catalog of um, comic solicits that comes out and helps the retailer and 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 or prospective buyer, you know, convince the buyer to uh, you know to pre-order the book. Yes. Well, Marvel's Marvel has a has their own little kind of tiny catalog inside the big catalog called Marvel Previews, and that is going digital November sixth. You can get it from the Marvel app in uh, come November sixth. Oh, really? I'm curious to see if it's going to be available in the Comicsology app if your if your accounts are linked, and or uh, it's free. So it's free on the on the store shelves or the digital store shelves. And or if you redeem a comics code that you bought in November, you will get a free copy of it, which is pretty cool because I get a free previews catalog every month from the shop. But I just I mean, I just don't have it in me to carry that thing around and or read it at any point in time in my life. So a lot of times I don't even take the catalog because it's just there's a lot. It's it's hefty. It's like the JCPenney or Sears wish book every month. So, uh, you yeah, know, so I'm kind of excited to check that out. The Marvel previews portion, at least. Yeah, I like the Marvel previews. Usually get, that's like, even before the websites post covers mm-hmm. and stuff, you get them from that. But it's interesting that they're making it customer facing. Usually people think of that as like retailer yeah. only because they order the books. So it's really just for them to get excited about the books. But yeah, because I know, you know, like it say if I didn't, you know, have the minimum in my subscription box at the shop. I could I could buy a catalog of previews from them, but it's like five bucks or something. So hmm. it's cool. Like you know, and hopefully this is like a step towards the future where you see something in previews that you want. Boom! Maybe you just like you click on it and pre-order right from pre-orders cat from oh previews catalog. Not like you tag it or something. Boom! Like that. Hmm. I mean, this is hmm. the future. Maybe we're getting. Maybe we're working towards that. I know yeah. Comixology just installed this guy who who did the HBO Go app. It's it's nothing but the future here, people. It's future. If you need some more future. You know, ideas. <laughs> Jonesy's playing the Lion who King gave soundtrack. Jonesy, who from, told Jonesy how to work music? <laughs> from a random speaker. Show. There's no input into the actual. 
He's got like a Lion King I got a King coffee VHS. Can. I got a coffee can with a string and the phone in the other cup. It's pretty great. Re- hit rewind or stop on that VHS so we can move on. <laughs> we need to. We're running out of tape. We need to get into comic talk I'm right sure now. Sure as heck are. We're running out of tape. Jonesy loves beer. Mufasa, your dear friend. What did you read this week? I have a book that I I want you to understand. I'm giving it my highest possible recommendation. Wow. Oh, my God. You're hearing it here I first. I have never done this before. Mm. Uh, I've said things are pretty great. But Letter 44 by Oni Press is outstanding. Have you, have you gentlemen read this book? Second person to tell me that. And almost those exact same words. Get out of here. So there's words what? Jonesy just used. Where he yes. lied. And uh, <laughs> if I tell Jonesy who it was, he'll just get too excited. So we'll just save it. Just text just it. it. Just text it. it top to secret. Just text it to me. Twitter dark. Okay. So letter forty four. Uh, a new a new president. The forty fourth president is um, sworn into office and waiting for him uh, in the Oval Office when he. Uh, like his first day is this envelope just says 44 on it and it's written by the previous president and the letter reveals that for the last seven or eight years uh, almost since the previous president took office they realized that there is an alien <laughs> alien construction site in the asteroid belt and they know about it but they really don't have the technology to do anything about it and they've since sent um, a science slash military special ops team to go investigate that have been, you know, traveling for almost uh, 1,200 days that it takes to get to the asteroid belt. So the new president is kind of floored. He gets with his cabinet. He's like, is all this true? And they're like, yeah, it's true. And they're going to be there any day now. So the book kind of deals with the B side, the B side of the book, if you will. Is the president coming to terms with this and trying to give them their full support? And what's really special about this book is to see how eight people who have had to live together for three years traveling from Earth to the asteroid belt, like what a weird symbiotic relationship they have in this ship. There is it's immensely influenced by Arthur C. Clarke, uh, especially the Odyssey series of books. In fact, they name um, Restart the that ship song, the Slim. Clark. Restart that song. Just <laughs> <laughs> they name uh, the spacecraft the Clark, and it's called the Monolith Mission. God, get so out of here. it's got all these awesome nods to 2001 and the Odyssey um, series of books, and it's so well written and such a great, simple science fiction concept with like just a, a salt and pepper of human elements to it it uh it gets my strongest possible recommendation cripes and the art's not that shabby either i think we still have some time before that part of the song hits i wish we could just let it ride oh, god <laughs> just let it sit after that review oh, my gosh that's from oni right oni yes, press oni press Dollar. They they have that as a dollar get, purchase. Get out of it's here, really? Just, uh, yeah. It's, oh man. They must really believe in that book. I am just I make believe it cheaper in it. for most people to get their hands on it. I'm thinking about um, a letter campaign where they let me uh, volunteer at Oni for free 
just to stand outside their offices with piles of this book and hand it to people. Ding, 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 what ding, aspect ding, would ding, the letter ding, campaign ding, would come ding, in? You would do a letter campaign for you to get it a job there for a day? It would essentially be one letter for me right. to do volunteer work. <laughs> right, with the... <laughs> with, they need a campaign for with, that. And the letter, letter itself is just a waiver of liability. Yeah. <laughs> and the letters it's would be... your legal team. The letters would be cut out of different fonts from a magazine. <laughs> As you slip it under their door with and locks just a of hair. a headshot of me like this. With lipstick on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The uh, CEO Desiree, of Oni Press you. wipes the uh, steamy mirror of his bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> just my name and number written. Uh, that old trick need- from Mr. Wizard. Mr. Wizard, uh, I spoke to him. He was actually the person who thought... 44. I knew uh, it. He was, yeah, he was the I same person. It. I knew it. Batman and Two-Face. If I may be so bold as to have that as my book for this week. Originally the Batman and Robin series. I'm not sure okay. if you're aware. They've been shifting the Robin out since he's dead. Uh, oh. So different characters were the secondary character and there was like a dist- a specific storyline involved for that secondary character. Oh, so this is like a team-up. Yeah, you could say that. It's like how Captain America did the thing towards the end of his run. Um, Peter J. Tomasi is right in the heck out of some Batman, I'll tell you what. Hmm. He mm-hmm. could be the next Scott Snyder maestro. Wow. Wow. But really? Highest possible. But, um, the so Highest this, possible maestro. <laughs> On a scale of maestro, uh, he is a definite 10 maestro level. So this story actually is the origin story of how Two-Face became Two-Face, which I was not expecting. And they actually changed the origin, hmm. as you you probably guess. Um, in the previous world, the his face was scarred in a courtroom. You know, and a gangster threw the stuff in his face. Gangsters. Gone. That storyline is gone. What? what? New 52. Um, Zero year. <laughs> so the new one, which kind of bummed me out, it's, I mean, the, the book in general is pretty good. The this Gleason and Tomasi teams um, really they do good work together. The Gleason character on art, I don't know, it seems like some pages, I think it's just his style. Like some pages are amazingly detailed and gorgeous and some pages it feels like he did in maybe half a day and the other ones took like a full day. But I think that's just his style. Like some pages are a little crisper than others. But there's this, this the book starts out with this chick who's kind of like an underboss in, in Gotham and she comes back to have this big meeting. And unbeknownst to me, She's the one that was responsible for Two Face's creation, uh, which we'll I think we'll find out in in detail in the next issue. But she comes back. She's never been in Gotham since that time. She's kind of like been running her portion of the city from Ireland. Um, so she comes back, and Two Face finds out that she's in town, and so does Batman. So there's like a big chase as she leaves this meeting, um, and they show the storyline where she kind of kidnaps. She murders Harvey's wife and ties him to his desk in his office. And she's upset about uh, how he sent her and someone named Shannon to prison. And she takes this the acid and pours it onto his face while he's tied down. 
and for him to get out, um, he ends up like th- his shoe hits like I think um, like a coin case on his wall, and that shatters, and he grabs one of the coins and cuts himself away from the rope with that coin. And the ash, or the, I think some of the ash hits that coin also, and some of his blood, and then from there, there's actually a really cool scene where he, he pulls himself up, uh, and his face is like melting off. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> but oh, I was word. kind of like bummed that they changed the classic origin that I guess I grew up with, but I mean, Dark Knight origin was different too, and that didn't really bother me all that much. Mm-hmm. But pretty good. Huh. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Love a good Batman story from uh, Tomasi. Cheer um the new detective creative team. Detective yeah, Comics. was that uh, Frances Manupal? Yeah, is the whoever does the Flash now. Manupal and um, Buccioletto. Booch, they call him. <laughs> they call him Booch. They call him Bucci. Booch, yeah, Bucci. There, that Flash run is always like. Held regaled yeah. art wise like like will eisner like this is the, in the vein of will eisner's the spirit but i'm not reading it i don't know i guess i just don't care about the flash because he's garbage as a character mm-hmm. oh my. my word my i just are, are you not the from, world. Are, are you not familiar with the power treadmill or have you not read a storyline <laughs> involving that one of our uh, uh one of our artifacts one of our or the highest downloaded episodes since coming back from hiatus Return of Barry Which Allen's right there. Oh, gosh. really? It's the Flash. That you. was a delight. That was an absolute delight of a book. Rest in peace, Mark Farrington. Oh, that was his last show, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. yeah. If only we could jump on that treadmill and go get him back. <laughs> we might need him. Oh, my God. Uh, Dale underscore <laughs> A, what did you read Listen, this week? I've read some books that came out this past Wednesday, but I need to go back to the previous Wednesday since we didn't record in that span, there were some really good books that came out that week. And hot off of the heels of my defacing lightning round last episode, where I publicly de- de- uh, de- decried DC Comics, I yeah, read. on Green Arrow. I read Superman Wonder Woman number one. Uh oh. And I loved it. Really? Call what? me, you know. Call me if I read only one DC book. This could be the one book, and I what? will not be affected by controversy. What? I enjoyed this book thoroughly. I like, you know, a, a, a sappy kind of relationship-driven story as much as the next. You know, that's why guy I love Cross who, so much. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> I love it as much as the, uh, you know, the next fella is probably more estrogen in his body than testosterone. You know, I can't grow facial hair to save my life. So this is Superman and Wonder Woman. Obviously, they're a couple. I don't, I don't, I didn't read the comics where they got together in the new 52. But this is going to be exploring their relationship. And it's also going to be like a team up book like, you know, Superman, Batman. And uh, you know, Wonder Woman, Superman are are an item. They're they're just started dating, and Wonder Woman wanted, wants to take the relationship public. Superman does not. Oh man, I, th- I thought for real you're going to say the next level. <laughs> oh man, that would really just made my night. Okay, and, go ahead. Sorry. Um, 
you know, so there's that drama that you could obviously you could come from Wonder Woman and Superman as it could from, you know, Pacey and Joey or 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 uh, the time, you know, Zach and Jesse fell for each other. They needed to keep it a secret. Or they Lisa. were the leads in that play, you know? Exactly. Or you know, Things the, just happen on that stage. Seven you know? dorks would uh, you know, come to come to a rescue. And also, um, Superman gets called away. Avengers or Avengers. Wow, apologize. what a book. I apologize, DC. Um, Justice League calls there's some big hoonanny going on over some ocean. And this cargo plane needs help. Superman goes out there. And Wonder Woman's like, and Superman's like, well, why don't we go together? I mean, it's kind of like ruining our date night, but you, it'll be fun for us. We can handle this. Oh, so yeah. mm. they can handle it. Mm. And uh, they go, and Wonder Woman is trying to uh, you know, save this plane from crashing. And Superman dives under the water to kind of like resolve whatever this causing a maelstrom that this plane has caught in. There's something bad. Superman can go underwater and maybe stop the the converging energies from, you know, the hot and warming and cooling waters to stop the storm. And he gets like completely punched out of the water by something. Something bad happened. He gets punched through the cargo plane and flies off. Meantime, Wonder Woman... Lands the plane to safety, but then it gets on this boat. And while waiting for Superman to come back, Doomsday punches her in the face. Oh, no. The Doomsday. Is Doomsday unknown in this universe until now? That I like. do not know. But uh, either way, it works. It completely worked because, you know, the, the, the part who, who knows that, that, that MoFo can kill Superman is, you know, is the part where, like, Wonder now Wonder Woman's going toe-to-toe with Doomsday, and Superman, like, Superman's being held up. He's not getting back in time. The the the, the cliffhanger was um, just awesome. I love this book. Hmm. I loved hmm. it. And uh, freaking Tony Tony Daniel, man, he's, he can... He can draw when he doesn't <sighs> have to write. Yeah, he, I mean, he's up there. He's legit. And I was Look reading... cover. Yeah. Oh, God. Gorgeous. I mean, I, I I haven't. He was on. Well, I I had the de- I have the de- detective run he did because I was getting it through the mail from a gift, but I I really didn't read any yet. But I so I haven't been reading any Tony Daniel since the uh, the Batman run he did before the the reboot. But phew, gorgeous book, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And Charles Soule, he's just like fresh. He's like on a. He's just reviving and or launching these books now and uh you know he's doing doing a great job didn't he do 44 yeah. he letter did. charles letter Hull 44. did uh letter 44 really he Jones did he's scissoring that book right now mm, God, yeah at him. <laughs> it's like the the end of rocky where instead of holding up the american flag i hold up letter 44 it's my, right my and champion guard and you bite the neck of the ref <laughs> hey, yeah, i mean i just force. get so crazy about it you just smell a drop and it's <laughs> lightning round. We have to get moving here. <laughs> Invincible uh, 106. Two sentences or less. <laughs> a book that you read, Jonesy, please. Invincible 106. Finally, a little bit of that old Invincible magic returns. And we are in for an Otley-esque slugfest. Um, Uncanny X-Men 
13. Nothing frightens me and saddens me like a rushed bachelo issue. Frightening. Saddening. Lightning converse, lightning rebuttal conversation after the fire's up. <clears throat> Imagine agents number one. Picture every kid's imaginary friend. They are assigned a secret police force of imagine agents to kind of keep them in line. There is some rumblings in the imaginary friend underworld that's going to start a revolution against the agents. My God. Highly recommend this book. Letter 44 Mm. stamp of high praise (laughs) vampirism. The highest. Uh, Joe the Barbarian by Grant Morrison and Sean Murphy. (laughs) Vertigo. Uh, I get the impression that Dale wants to marry this book or have some kind of extramarital relationship. That's just my gut right now. But uh, we need to talk to Vampiro, the comic great, right (laughs) now and get his his synopsis, please, on what this book is. Okay. So Joe, as a young kid, misunderstood in the drawing, uh, also a juvenile diabetic. Uh, His father uh, is um, a deceased veteran of foreign war, and because of his absence, I guess... um, his family's on hard times. You know, it's just him and his mom. Uh, looks like they're having trouble keeping the house. So things are down for Joe and his family. He's harassed by some bullies at school, and they take his his candy that I guess he eats at a certain time to maintain his blood sugar. And, you know, being a kid and being emotional, he kind of forgets that he he doesn't have it. Goes all the way up to his room, which is in the attic of the home. Whereas a uh, faithful pet mouse, Jack, is waiting for him, spinning in a wheel happily. And then as he sits there, kind of like getting his gear together, um, he starts to go into diabetic shock. And he begins to hallucinate. And his room and himself are entered into this imaginary realm of his own design. A cameo by the Grey Ghost. So... Joe must travel this imaginary world, which also doubles as his home, with uh, Jack the Mouse as Jock, uh, his, like, barbarian guardian. And they proceed through his fantasy life with different elements of the home integrated into um, the story. So, you know, the bathtub is a river... And things like that. So he kind of is able to snap out of the shock just long enough to try to guide himself to the kitchen. All the while in the imaginary world is a prophecy of a dying boy. With the end of the prophecy being if he is able to overcome this challenge, he'll be able to hear his father's voice once again. So with two um, quests 
if you will. He proceeds to get to the kitchen and face his fears and is truly rewarded uh, with a memento from his father. Jennifer Barry. <laughs> Every time I get you. Dale, what did you think of this book? This was one of your big picks. <laughs> big picks. All right. I want to hear your thoughts right My now, My thoughts please. are, okay, editorial at Vertigo couldn't stop this man at six issues. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> like they maybe Five, maybe five. Maybe five. I mean, the eight issues to tell, like... I don't know. They're, were they afraid to confront Grant Morrison? I think we all know that editorial has no control over Grant Morrison and what he puts out into the comic universe. Like my feeling, which is why we get brilliance and crazy stuff. My feeling is he was trying to make this an ongoing, and they finally just had to say, <laughs> "Whoa, come on, Grant! Hey, let's try to Grant, tie this." This is up. only ten minutes of time that we're telling a story <laughs> with. We're on issue eight right now. I mean, this poor kid. For all the woes, he was going into diabetic coma. Like, that's a terrible thing. And I felt for him. Every time the uh, the story flashed back to his real world and he's stumbling through this house. I mean, but eight issues for him to get from his bedroom in the attic to the basement back. Like, man, oh, man. Crazy. Crazy long and very... Grant Morrison, very confusing. Like mm-hmm. the two, it's when he's in that barbarian fantasy land. It was just a little too high level. Not enough commitment. Not enough concrete quest going on. Too too much like up in the air about who the dying boy was and a prophecy and and like you couldn't even get a straight answer out of what everybody was doing or what everybody was warring about in this fantasy land. Um, sh- was it Sean Phillips? His art is gorgeous. Yeah. Amazing. Gorgeous art in this book. Um, every two, every spread is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the first issue where he does like six pages of just this kid walking up into his room, walking through the house. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. The pa- and the panel is just focused on things that you remember later. And it's, I don't know, it was just like really, really cool motion. Like when the kid, I, I specifically remember when the kid was like dragging his book bag up the stairs and like one panel just shows him like leaving the book bag halfway up the stairs before he got to his room. Really beautiful stuff. I mean, and, and Joe the Bart, Joe lives in the coolest house ever. If I had a room like that when I was a kid, I'd probably be well adjusted right now. <laughs> You'd be growing a beard. I'd be, you know. I know, my God, I would be shaving every five minutes, probably. Jonesy, please, please tell us what you thought. I loved Joe the Barbarian. I absolutely loved it. Uh, yes, for the artwork, all the pop culture and comic book cameos uh, were a pleasure to discover as the series went on. And uh, I really thought that that awesome moment which reminds me of like great fantasy films where like, you know, it's not a hard question of whether this is really happening or not. You know, the kid is absolutely diabetic shock. There's not really an imaginary world, but the fact, uh, the fact that he does get to get that, um, 
get to read that letter from his father in the uh, the last issue is uh, tugs at the heartstrings. I mean, the guy's father's killed overseas. He's got this, you know, not debilitating disease, but this, you know, doesn't really improve his quality of life. So the kid's down. He's an introvert. And, you know, his house is getting taken away and life kind of pretty much sucks. And then you die for this kid. So to reward him with that letter from his father, something that's his to value, uh, was a great ending to the story. I will say the journey there is muddled. It is really muddled. And it just seems like it exists to give uh, Murphy a chance to show off. Like, I want to say the editorial notes were just like four panels and Grant just writes in pen, show off here. You know? So, like, some of the action scenes didn't hit, like, story points. So, I could see if you were trying to follow this book... Um, you would get lost pretty pretty consistently. I mean, it's not as unintelligible as Flex Mentallo. I mean, it does follow, um, as our dear departed friend Mark Farrington would say, a uh, story by numbers. Uh, but it, it, it does get confusing. But the emotional points that it hits are just right on. I mean, absolutely right on. Could, I think it totally could have been a 64-page book. 64 yeah. pages. Bound it up hardcover, Archaea push it out, would boom. Been, would have been amazing. Maybe four oversized cover, issues. Cover. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, it was a slog. Like, when I was, like, getting done some of the issues, I was like, man, I got six more of these to go. Like, what is going to happen in this storyline? He's, like, not, he's at the top of the stairs. And, but, I mean, it was just gorgeous to look at. Mm-hmm. I think that was its saving grace, which is absolutely stunning Sean Murphy art. Um, Like, that guy... His stuff is so amazing, and he went on to do like kind of his own thing with Punk Rock Jesus. Like I think like soon after this, mm. he did his own creator own book, um, and then he does, and then he's doing the Wake. Like I'm, I like that blows my mind. I'm fascinated by that like career path where oh. he doesn't just go and do Batman for twelve issues or X Men. Right. Like I'm sure maybe he, it's possible he has no interest in doing that, but I guess I'm just used to that. Like wonder why he didn't want to become a quote superstar mm-hmm. artist right after this and i don't he totally know. could have those models on the merman on the wake that's superstar art to me i love maybe it. he maybe he chart maybe he charges too much for the page who knows maybe he demands more money but yeah deservedly. I, I i agree that it's like it's almost like right out of the gate he was he's doing what he wants to do and he's had the mm-hmm. he's had the carte blanche to be able to pick and choose and it's pretty pretty clever and pretty amazing for yeah. him, but you look at the guy's art, you can tell why. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, I mean, like you could tell Joe when they would flash back to the real world. You could, I mean, you really felt for this kid. This kid was suffering, and he was. I thought it was dead. Like I thought it was a zombie. He looked like Jonesy when he was like half. I know he was comatose towards the end. He looked like a different kid. And he, like he was having a lot of trouble. He's like bumbling and stumbling through the house, but. I almost felt like they were so inter- interspersed in between eight issues of this fantasy land stuff. And it, it was it was just too long. It got too long in between those parts. But the parts you really kind of feel for this kid because he was he's really messed up. And but the payoff at the end is just it. It is. I mean, he gets to read like final thoughts from his father because. 
you know, at the beginning of the book, it establishes that like they're, they've fallen on such hard times that, you know, the mother's fr- kind of frustrated with life and he's, she's taken it out on her husband, her dead husband. And, you know, her, she, Joe goes to f- visit his dad at the graveyard and he's like, dad, you suck, you know, but he, whether that's like, um, whether that's, you know, he means it or not, I don't think he does, but he's probably just like feeling, you know, he's, he's caring for his mom and he's like, he doesn't want to lose his house either. And they took his candy bar. He can't even eat his candy bar. He's going to go in a diabetic shock any minute now. Mm-hmm. So it was cool that, you know, that all the papers and stuff got worked out and maybe they can repair it because the basement steps he fell through to get down to the fuse box. I mean, and he ruined, he probably ruined most of the house by letting the, the, uh, the bath overflow. Like, I'm glad they didn't have to, I didn't, I'm glad they didn't touch on that because that would have been, that just would have been like, another four issues <laughs> yeah, of, of, of the, uh, the fantasy cleanup as they were cleaning up. He'd be fantasy fighting alongside his, uh, jocks got two brooms. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. But, um, I'm finally, I finally can say that I put, finally put this book to rest. Like I've been wanting to read it for a long, long time. You've been troubled by it for years. I have. It's been haunting me like uh, the old man's heart buried under the floorboards. <laughs> and the yeah, just, I mean, I, I think I would have loved it if it were just considerably shorter. Mm-hmm. I think that was its main detriment. Everything else was, was good, but just just way too long. Yeah, because way too long. I think where it's shorter, I would have had less problem with the the way the 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 dialogue and the prophecy stuff kind of like was handled in the fantasy land it was just too much of no answers you know it was just people ta- speaking for the spa- sake of speaking it like it goes yeah, back to that dapper men kind of that dapper men feeling i get return mm-hmm. of dapper men you know what i mean it's just like nobody's saying anything but they're all they do is talk i feel like you could have cut out all of the mythology of his imaginary world, and it would have not changed the outcome or purpose or emotional message of the story. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need to know that there's a place called Hearth where people that in his imagination go to die and retire. What does it have to do with anything? Right. Like, there's a lot of stuff that could have been excised in this, like, fantasy world that I just, I get the feeling Grant Morrison just wanted to play. He's like, oh, I can do this, and maybe this happens, and you know, editorial maybe went to a two-week vacation at Tahiti, and just, you know, nobody was watching the shop. Alleged Tahiti, it's beautiful, vacation. beautiful country. What a show! What a book club. Grant Morrison. What's his track record on this show? It's what other Grant Morrison good. books have we done on this show? Oh, Flex Mentalo. Um, we almost did Sea Guy. Almost is until there was like a screeching halt to that idea almost instantly after reading one book, one issue. I I just hope I have the wherewithal to not recommend a Grant Morrison book next week. I don't. I can't. <laughs> I can't promise anything because for some reason they just all float to the top of my list. I don't know we why. Did we we did we three on the old comics podcast, right? We did. I think mm-hmm. that one was pretty good. Yeah, That's I love Grant. we three. It's three issues, isn't it? <laughs> you, oh God! Your, your three issue. Just to, I'm frothing. You just right knocked now your pictures of off of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna edit over that word that you just said, but we'll have to, we'll have to find yeah. something hilarious that you've said. You'll have to go back and just do stuff. 
Oh, God, what a show. Akira is coming, and I'm oh scared. Oh, my God. Death. Please be prepared. We are not prepared. Episode 125, Akira. All six volumes. Live, local recording. Three weeks. Three weeks. My God, I have to read like 3,000 pages. We'll see everybody next week. finish volume two tonight if i get some kind of head start on these books what are you up to jonesy uh three quarters of volume three complete oh god jeez yeah i had some free time uh that i was able to just get at it you mm-hmm. in your coffin with you <laughs> right up <laughs> slim at the 47 minute mark i had a bouncing guitar for one second i restarted oh, immediately god. <laughs> live <laughs> Just had to let you know. Uh, Too many notes on the track, I'm being told. Okay. Is your Dropbox paused? It is. (laughs) I can screenshot that MFR right now if you want. I'll take your word for it. So next week, what's what's on our slate for next week's book club? What is on our slate for next week? We got some some suggestions last week that I think we promptly ignored. Or maybe I promptly ignored. What do we get? What suggestions do we get? I do usually do that. Let me see here. Because we, I think it was in our fireside that we, uh, David Finn changed his icon. It's screwing me up here. First of all, David Finn suggested we do one of the zaniest suggestions I've ever heard. He says we do the first 50 issues of Deadpool. Get for out Rucka of here. I'd be down. I'd be down. I th- oh my God. No, I think after Rucka Keg, after Akira, I think we start plan- planning out these zany like, like experiments. I'm all for like stuff. Maybe not necessarily Cable Deadpool, which are, but there are plenty of fish in the sea, and that's just one. Like that would be one episode. But Fifty issues. Back to formula. Um, pigs from the comic book shop. Also, Brian Woods Supermarket. Mm. Dan Panicchio. Possible DC Fifty Two Volume Batman and Robin Born to Kill. Oh wait, do we? Was that our other suggestion in the uh, text window? Wasn't he also suggests pigs, uh, or the infamous shed, shed. which uh, might live in infamy along with criminal. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> I'll never ever bring. I'll never mention shed again in a living breath. Famous last words. <laughs> I, I I actually brought up uh, Rucka style uh, Batman and Robin volume one, but uh, oh the um, Morrison. Yes, but see that's Quite, Morrison, Graham quietly. Morrison. Quietly, another six months, Morrison. He only did like the first three issues, three or four issues of uh, Batman and Robin, though, I think. That's right. And then it was, uh, and it was some other turd. I think it was, was it Gleason? I think he, uh, Turd Ferguson. I don't know. Let me see. I'll let you guys check, uh, chat it up. Yeah, Gen Z and I'll chat. Did you read Uncanny X Men 13 yet, Gen Z? No, I got to the first page and then I had to actually do work today. It was awful. Yeah, that was my lightning convo. Lightning. Mm -hmm. You could spoil it for me. What's going to happen? I mean, we don't. Have to, we can get it. Maybe we don't have to get into spoiler territory, but it just felt like it wasn't my usual botch. It wasn't my usual Chris botch. 
I um I completely agree. I actually read this in uh, guided view this particular issue and it just did not work. Like he's got six like different anchors in this book too, which leads leads me to believe it was a late book. I don't know whose fault that is really. I don't know how that adds up. Like when you need six anchors, I don't know if that means like the pages like the story came in late or it was art. I don't know. But I guess it, maybe it wasn't Bachelot's fault because there's just different anchors on like a quarter of the book and I'm just not used to those people inking his work but definitely fell off which is unfortunate. Did they reveal who the female is with the Wolverine claws with the white face paint or uh did you read the last issue? No, the I one might be Brian too Woods X-Men. Yeah, the, you find out then, I think. Is it Mystique and Wolverine's daughter? Um, I don't know. That's a, yeah, it's a that's a confirmation right there. I don't know what that person is. I don't know at all. <laughs> Reading your face. <laughs> but that Brian Wood. Uh-oh, what happened here? Yeah, that yeah, person. yeah. So next week, do we want to do Batman and Robin Volume 1? No, I think we need to we need to take it down just a notch. We need a nice breather. 3-4 issue. Um, three, four issue run. Then maybe we think about when, and plus we just did Grant Morrison. We can't do Grant Morrison again for another six months. Okay, all right. He's he's so, he's on the no fly list. Someone just kicked me out. What's going on here? I think you kicked yourself out, bro. I didn't do. I didn't know such thing. Um, and you got to get back in that studio mode, babe. I'm here. I'm here. So Patrick Gleason did. Um, Batman and Robin, but it was after Grant Morrison left, so it was like issues twenty, twenty-one, all that. Because Grant Morrison did it up to issue sixteen. So Fraser Irving, Cameron Stewart did a couple issues. Gene Ha, Andy Clark. Man, then. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Grant Morrison, just no, no more. I, every time I recommend it, you just smack me down. What about the Batman with? Uh De- what's the son of the demon or whichever one where Damien shows up mm. about that one didn't he uh, Batman do the son? majority of that arc yeah I maybe. thought now I thought that was Tony Daniel but maybe not no it, it, it was both. a Kubert I think cubes. I had that oh yeah you like might be right and uh TPB you're saying you want to do that are we doing that I'm not saying anything. No, no. I, I thought we were talking no, about. I, I thought we talked about Grant Snyder's. Morrison that. We're not doing that. that. Quarter yeah, of the Owls. We, we got to take a. We got to go on Grant Detox. <laughs> Major. Quarter of the Owls. Quarter of the Owls. Quarter of the Owls. Oh yeah, we did. We have th- talked about that. Mm. Quarter of the Owls or Death of the Family. I could do some Quarter of the Owls. Yeah, let's just do it. I could do it. Court do and it. Night, or just Court. What? What are we doing? What's Night of the Owls? Well, what is that? Are we, cause oh, Night of the Owls was that multi-title crossover. Remember a Nightwing and... Yeah, no, but I'm just I'm saying, listen to me. Court, are you talking, like, Court of the Owls as a whole? Court of the Owls was like, what, the first four or five issues, and then it, a Night of the Owls was like the next four or five issues? I, don't, I can't quite remember. Um, Night of the Owls is probably what I'm thinking of. And, oh, I see, Batman... So I'm looking in the app. We have Batman Volume 1, Court of the Owls. Mm, okay. And then we also have Batman Night of the Owls. But that does not have a volume delineation here. Oh, that's why. Um, delineation. Oh, Batman Night of the Owls collects 
multi-series titles. Uh, if only Night the least popular the... host had just got done saying that before we looked it up. Night of the Owls. If I could speak for a minute here. Court of the Owls. <laughs> Court of the Owls contains one through seven. Could you your face? <laughs> like you just sucked on a lemon. Twelve ninety nine for that. Seven issues. It's pretty good. Deal, you seven issues. Are you willing to? Uh, and at Snyder length, I mean, and are you going to reread it? Or are you just going to wing it? I don't wing it. That's not what I do. I've never winged it. I know. I'm just life. saying since you just probably my recently life. read. Uh, no, I read the Black Mirror. That's what I recently read. Oh yeah, that was like three hundred three hundred pages. Yeah, well, that's like 12 issues, right? Was that 12-issue art? Yeah, it was, was a crazy. lot. Oh, God, it was gorgeous, though. God, help me. <laughs> Court of the Owls, then. Maybe. Yeah, let's do Court of the, Court of the Owls. Still. I love it. I mean, I'll stay up until 1 o'clock tonight reading Akira Volume 2, and uh, we'll just make it happen. we got to make it happen, you yeah? know? Exactly. That's, I mean... My thoughts on these, uh, you know, three issues, we'll just do smaller arcs for the next couple of weeks, but that's not, that will have no impact on our reading nothing, because nothing. we always wait until the last minute to read the book club anyway, so. I do. Which Jones is snickering at over there? <laughs> What's happening right now? If somebody could cut, like, the next three weeks, like, cut, oh, it's like a seven-minute montage video of us reading Akira from here on out. Like, it'll look like the Van Damme Bloodsport training video. We're going to give ourselves plenty of time. Like dropping uh, coconuts. Yeah, we got 11 weeks. Big bellies. Uh, you know, it comes to, you know, immediately crumbled. That crumbled. We knew it would crumble. We knew we wouldn't do any, we wouldn't do any kind of preparatory <laughs> work for it. Ten weeks. I, was, out. I think I st- I was ahead of the game before everybody. I had you a were. volume and a half done, and then I like freaked out because Jonesy said, well, "You're gonna, we're all gonna forget it. We're not gonna remember what we read." And I was like, "Oh my god, you're right. I should stop." Oh, and that man. blew up in my face. <laughs> yeah, and here Big we are. Time. Here we are. Here we are in crunch time. What are you gonna do? Huh? Oh God. Kum te, kum te, kum te, kum te, kum te. <laughs> <laughs>